Dr. Balaga here. I have another terrific God Knowledge Doc podcast for physicians and advanced practice providers, including uh, physician assistants and nurse practitioners. You should find this podcast very useful in your practice. Today, I will talk about door to GDMT time, connecting the dots between recent advances in heart failure GDMT and cardio-oncology. My disclosures are, uh, I have a podcast called God Knowledge Doc. Uh, many of the podcasts are on cardio-oncology. And I'm a, a, one of the editors for the International Cardio-Oncology Society Board Review Man- Manual. Cancer-related cardiomyopathy is well-recognized. In this terrific review by Dr. Jeremy Slivnik, one of our fellows, uh, we know that the incidence of heart failure with chemotherapy-induced cardiomyopathy could be as high as 25%. And the burden continues to evolve as more and more uh, medications in uh, oncology are emerging. The four pillars for the treatment of heart failure are now ARNIs, beta blockers, mineralocorticoid receptor antagonists, and SGLT2 inhibitors. The early mortality in heart failure, based on the Framingham Heart Study, is 10% at 30 days. So within the first month, we lose 10% of our patients. At the end of at the end of one year as high as 25% and uh, and at five year follow up it's as high as 50%. The the mortality continues to be high and is in a standstill and is as high as cancer. So our cardio-oncology patients have now two uh, conditions which increased the burden of mortality. What is the mode of death in heart failure? In NYHA class two and class three heart failure, sudden death is the main reason for people dying, as high as 60% die of sudden death. It's only in class four heart failure that pump function or CHF is the predominant underlying cause of death. And this data is from the Merit CHF study, which was published in the Lancet. Even in patients who are completely asymptomatic with left ventricular systolic dysfunction, the mortality is higher and uh, 40% of these are attributed to coronary artery disease, uh, of which 43% die of sudden death. In our clinical practice, we tend to monitor left ventricular ejection fraction this is a very elegant study in Jack, which showed that carvedilol uh, improved left ventricular ejection fraction in anthracycline-induced cardiomyopathy. But I would like to emphasize that the benefits of GDMT is due to improvement in sudden death and left ventricular pump dysfunction. Beta blockers uh, improve mortality in heart failure as we all know, by reducing not only total mortality, but also cardiovascular mortality, both due to sudden death and death from pump failure.
Similarly, in the FSS study, aplerinone reduced sudden death by 21%. In the paradigm heart failure, there was a 20% reduction in sudden death with ARNI and a 21% reduction in heart failure death. So the improvement in LB function is not the only reason for improvement with uh, the four horsemen, but also due to a reduction in sudden death. In the with SGLT2 inhibitors, in the DAPA heart failure, dapagliflozin uh, improved mortality by reducing ventricular arrhythmias, uh, reducing the incidence of uh, resuscitated cardiac arrest and sudden death. And I'd like to thank Dr. Muthu Vadukanayadan uh, from the Brigham and Women's Hospital for sharing the slide with me. So the if if a, a patient with HEFREF receives no therapy at the end of two years, there's a 35% mortality. But with the treatment of these four new horsemen, the, the mortality is reduced at the end of two years to single digits. It's still pretty high at 9.5%, but the relative risk reduction is nearly 73% and the absolute risk reduction is 25% and the number needed to treat is four. And this is work from Greg Fonero and I thank him for sharing this slide with me. Interestingly, Daniel Cardinal in Jack of 2010 and investigators showed that in adramycin cardiomyopathy, early administration of GDMT, there were better responders to left ventricular ejection fraction. In fact, if therapy was started early in the first two months, there was a 64% improvement in uh, ejection fraction. As therapy was delayed, there were the, res the res responders decreased. And at the end of six months, there were no responders. And this is one of the early studies which emphasized the importance of early therapy with GDMT. In the FSS trial, when they looked at aplerinone, an early aplerinone administration within a week improved outcomes, including sudden death, whereas there was no benefit when aplerinone was initiated after a week. In the Pioneer Heart Failure Study, David Morrow and colleagues looked at outcomes and they found that the effect of ARNI, that is sacubitral valsartan, was early and the curve separated out as early as 12 days. And you can see here that, it's, that the, uh, the efficacy lasted through eight weeks. And when you look at uh, uh, NT-proBNP in, in the same study, the, uh, the curves started separating out as early as one week. So the benefits are early with ARNI. And this is an elegant paper in the NEJM by the Pioneer Heart Failure investigators. Similarly, in the Paradigm Heart Failure, you can see within 10 days of randomization, the curves are separating out. And at the end of 30 days, they're nicely separated out. So a lot of the benefit is early. And the, the reason for this is, is, is you can see 
that the NT-proBNP and the troponin T values, the difference between the two groups, is apparent within four weeks and was sustained at eight months. Another group of investigators showed that with Arni, plasma aldosterone, plasma endothelin, and NT-proBNP all improved within day 21. So, but it was as early as one week. So the key take home is early therapy is beneficial. And there are papers now showing both in vitro and in vivo and mice models that RNAs are beneficial in chemotherapy-induced cardiomyopathy. And there have been case series where using RNA in heart failure due to chemotherapy, that they are very favorable. More recently, our neighbors from Indiana had an abstract in the ECC showing the benefits of RNA in, uh, in both in uh, uh, adramycin and trastuzumab-induced cardiomyopathy. Clearly, we need more clinical study or large registry data to validate these important findings. Another key takeaway is based on the Paragon heart failure, the FDA has approved RNAs for patients with HFPEF. Now, the new kids on the block are SGLT2 inhibitor benefits, uh, SGLT2 inhibitors, and the benefits are substantial. The, in, in the DAPA heart failure, there was a 49% reduction in events by day 28. In the soloist acute heart failure, there was a 39% reduction in events by day 28. And in the emperor reduced, the benefits reached statistical significance as early as 12 days after randomization. I'd like to talk, thank uh, Dr. Greg Fonero from UCLA for sharing the slide with me. And when you look at the uh, Emperor Preserved, the survival curves separate out as early as 18 days. And so the benefits of, of uh, MRAs, RNAs, and SGLT2 inhibitors are right off the bat within the first month. And more recently, there have been papers and abstracts uh, sh uh, showing the efficacy of SGLT2 inhibitors in, <coughs> in chemotherapy-induced cardiomyopathy. In this very elegant paper in Jack um, Heart Failure, they found when SGLT2 inhibitors were started when the blood pressure was soft, there was actually a slight increase in systolic blood pressure when the blood pressure was less than 110. There was no change when the systolic blood pressure was between 110 and 130. And there was a slight reduction in blood pressure when the blood pressure was greater than 130. So the effect of SGLT2 inhibitors is bimodal. Uh, and so one must not hesitate to start therapy when the blood pressure is soft. This is no different with carvedilol. In the Copernicus trial, when patients were pre-treated um, were treated with carvedilol, when the pre-treatment blood pressure was between 85 to 95, there was no decline in blood pressure. In fact, there was a slight increase. In fact, if you look at this upper panel of this graph, there's an increase in blood pressure when the blood pressure is soft. In the lower panel, it shows in all comers, the blood pressure is reduced. But And again, I think because of its alpha-1 blocking properties, it's got very favorable tubular glomerular effects, which will allow it to have this bimodal effect on, on blood pressure. 
Milton Parker and John McMurray have argued that the step one in the management of uh, uh, HFREF involves starting beta blockers because of its antiarrhythmogenic uh, efficacy and SGLT2 inhibitors. And I would argue that both these classes of drugs also imp improve soft blood pressure. Uh, and if the blood pressure increases, then it's easier to roll out the RNEs and the mineral corticoid receptor antagonists. Uh, whereas Greg Fonero, Javid Butler, and um, Stephen Green, in, in a very elegant editorial in um, our viewpoint in uh, Jack Cardiology earlier this year, have argued that we, uh, that RNEs, beta blockers, mineral corticoid receptor antagonists and SGLT2 inhibitors should all be started right off the bat on day one at the lowest dose and then to titrate over the next few days as tolerated. And as I have discussed, the mortality in the first month is 10% with at least with HEFREF. So it, it is really important to start early and, and titrate up to max dose GDMT uh, uh, as tolerated, preferably within a month, because it saves lives. In fact, the key takeaway from today's talk is door to GDMT time and door to max to GDMT time. In fact, my, the, uh, the, I would argue, door to early GDMT therapy in LV dysfunction is vital. Being tardy may be deadly and fatal. Early to start and early to max dose GDMT therapy is the key, particularly in those with an, ele an elevated BNP. This will save lives much more than many. In fact, I would argue that it is really important to educate our referring docs, uh, cardiologists, uh, uh, hematologists, and oncologists to initiate GDMT right off the bat uh, because it may take a, a while to get into your clinic. In fact, I try to see the patients the same week after I get the referral for um, uh, HEFPEF and HEFREF, uh, particularly in our chemotherapy-induced cardiomyopathy patients because uh, time is the key and we may save lives right off the bat. Um, often, uh, if the patient can be seen, uh, encourage the oncologist and the hematologist to start at least beta blockers and, um, and mineral corticoid receptor antagonists uh, if, if there's no kidney dysfunction. And um, many of the patients are diabetic so it's easy to get approval for SGLT2 inhibitors. Um, as you all know, the, the biggest challenge is getting uh, uh, approval for some of these newer medications from the insurance companies. Sooner or later, we will all have to have a pharmacy-driven, pharmacist-driven GDMT clinics, just like we have clinics for anticoagulation the GDMT clinics will help titrate the dose um, of these patients uh, to maximum dose so they're on optimal therapy uh, 
Um, and so this is the future. Um, I hope you have found this uh, thought-provoking and has made a difference on how you will manage your heart failure patients in the uh, from now onwards. Thank you.